You are listening to Announce, Season 3, Episode 14, If It Feels Good. You are listening to Announce, a podcast providing inspiration, ideas, and wisdom through engaging stories, commentary, and interviews so you can live life better. I'm Jim Fugate, and it's my privilege to share an ounce with you. In my family, there is a story told about my great-grandfather, Jens Christian Jensen, a very unique and ingenious man for his time. Great-grandpa was a jack-of-all-trades, raising a family on the alkali and prickly pear cactus flatlands of Emory County in Utah in the late 1800s and early 1900s. The area, now known enticingly as Castle Country, was a mostly Mormon pioneer community of folks scraping out a living in the lowlands along the creek beds, growing crops and livestock. These were an industrious lot who found ways to irrigate arid lands and scrape out a living in a place most folks would happily walk away from. But Mormons, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, were pretty unpopular at the time. Just a few decades before, they had been forcibly driven out of towns they had built like Kirtland, Ohio, and Nauvoo, Illinois, to name just a few. And they were happy to be in a place where there was no one trying to kill them and take their lands. Probably because no one wanted the remote, arid, and barren place they chose to settle in. For Grandpa Chris, there was another way, other than farming, along with a few others to make a living. He was a prospector. Lucky for him, the area was rich in coal and other minerals. What the Jensen family found were some very rich deposits of uranium in a remote area around a place called Temple Mountain. Uranium was, at the time, an exciting new material of great worth because of its unusual radioactive properties. Madame Curie was spearheading much of the research on this remarkable mineral, and in 1903 she won a Nobel Prize for her work. In a way, a new gold rush was on and prospectors spent countless months and years locating and extracting uranium from the soils in and around the deserts of southern and central Utah. But Grandpa Chris had an early start, and the family and associates had staked their claim and started working it years before most even got started. Great-grandpa would travel to Temple Mountain on horseback and with his mule, work the mine, and return home to Farron. As he grew older, he began to suffer from aches and pains and found that the magic mineral, when worn in a pouch fastened around his body on his way home, helped to alleviate the pain and stiffness. And he was not alone in this. Many others around the world had found out that uranium and radioactivity that it contained seemed to help a multitude of human maladies. Hundreds of so-called medical devices were invented and patented and marketed to the general public all around the world promising cures for all manner of ills. But for Grandpa Chris, it just felt good. But in 1915, great-grandpa Chris passed away. There is a family story of his horse showing up without him and the sheriff's deputy out of Green River finding him. He was found sitting down, leaning up against a tree, hat pulled down over his eyes like he was taking a nap, with his mule close by and that money belt full of high-grade uranium strapped around him. As family stories often go, you'll probably get some arguments on the accuracy of this one, but his grandson, Scott Chadwick Fugate, worked for many years in the nuclear research and nuclear power industries and suspects it was 
radiation poisoning that took Grandpa Chris in the end. You see, the family kept that old pouch Chris wore when he passed away, and decades later, Scott took a Geiger counter to it, and it was still filled with high-grade uranium, giving off plenty of radioactivity. The uranium that helped Grandpa Chris feel better and provided a good living for his family was quite likely the thing that ultimately took his life. Isn't it funny how some things that seem so right and make us feel so good can have such negative and devastating consequences? The enjoyment of a big chocolate chip cookie. Who doesn't love them? But you can't have too many because of the consequences of a poor diet, as is the case with overdoing it on any rich foods. It's fun to feed wild animals, to observe them, to be close to them, but the consequences of feeding them, well, they can become dependent or even suffer from an improper diet because of it, not to mention how the Blue Jays can become a picnic table nightmare or how squirrels can use their genius to rob bird feeders and how raccoons, a.k.a. trash pandas, become dependent on garbage cans to supplement their diets. How we feel so good about protecting and shielding our loved ones from all harm, wanting to prevent every bump and bruise, making sure their decisions, that the ones they make, will, will help keep them safe. Every good parent does this. But doing it too much and for too long, children then learn to depend on you bailing them out every time because that's what you taught them, that they can make any decision they want because you are always going to be there to make it better when it's a bad decision. I'm not saying you shouldn't care for your kids or enjoy a good dessert, but too much of a good thing is not always good. Here's another way to illustrate the concept. One of the lessons I learned as a firefighter was don't add to the pile. The rescuer, without thinking about it, takes a risk to save someone and instead becomes another victim needing rescue. A repeated story to illustrate this is someone working down in a subterranean or enclosed space, and they're overcome by noxious gases, and they pass out. And then someone else notices and rushes in to help, and is overcome by the same noxious gases and passes out. Then the first emergency responders arrive. It's their job to rescue the victim. They rush into the space and pass out too. Where there was one, now you have three or four. Then rescuers take the time to assess the situation more completely and enter the space with a fresh air supply. Unfortunately, now they are recovering four bodies instead of one. Don't add to the pile. We want to help make a difference, do something good, and our heart overcomes our head, and we make the situation much worse. So here's the ounce. Don't add to the pile. Just because it seems like the right thing to do, because it feels good, it seems right, heroic or noble, doesn't mean it will be, or that it won't. And admittedly, sometimes we just don't know. It's not possible to predict the future with pinpoint accuracy. Sometimes the right course is counterintuitive. We do the best we can at the time, but we can look to the past for guidance, remember our mistakes, and learn from the mistakes of others. And when we know better, we change course and do better. Just because it seems right or makes you feel good in the moment doesn't guarantee it will remain so. And sometimes a quick look around will show you that. When you can, take a minute. Think about it. Even though it feels good and seems right, is it? Probably. But taking a moment to think about it can make all the difference between feeling good in the moment and a lifetime of regret. And that's it. An ounce submitted for your consideration. Thank you.
thank you for listening, subscribing to, and sharing an ounce. I'm Jim Fugate, and I'll catch you next time. Hey, Tish, that new chocolate chip cookie recipe is delicious. Thanks, Jim. I'm going to bring some over to the neighbor. Uh Uh-oh. What? Well, um, I, I had a few. How many is a few? Uh, all of them. And now my stomach's a little upset. Oh, no. Jeez. Dang it. Hey, check out our YouTube videos at youtube.com forward slash at an ounce podcast. That's youtube.com forward slash at symbol an ounce podcast.